be reading this morning, though, from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, the 6th chapter, verses 7 through 10. Hear now the word of God. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. The word of the Lord. We have here in these scripture verses... A common expression you may have heard before, that you reap what you sow. Now, if you didn't know, that came from the Bible. Now you do and can tell all your friends. But it's an expression we've heard before. And it's, it's meaningful to me that we find it here from the Apostle Paul, through whom God gave us these words. We reap what we, we, reap what we sow. It's so simple to say that and, and think of it. If we do good things, good things will happen as a result. But it's hard, too, because we all know of times that that's not the case. But I think we can all agree that our actions have consequences. Another way of thinking about this idea of reaping what we sow sow is to think about whatever we spend our time and our energy on influences how we live our life. What we direct our attention toward and what we focus on affects what we do. My wife Ellen jokes that I laughs at me because she says I obsess about things. And I'll obsess about things that have absolutely no relative importance in the world. I'm not obsessed about this yet, but an example might be I've decided I need to find the best sort of paper clips. So I'll spend months researching paper clips, reading books, surfing the internet, until I find the only sort of paper clip that will ever do and refuse to use any other kind of paper clip until about six months when I move on to the next thing. That's an example. I've done it with other things, but never with paper clips. But I'll probably now do it with paper clips. But I bet a lot of us are like that. I'm sure a lot of us are like that. That whatever we spend our time thinking about, focusing on, to one degree or another, can't help but influence what we do, how we think, the words we say. Maybe you know the person who only seems to think and talk about his or her favorite team or hobby or leisure pursuit, what we dedicate our time to, what we dedicate our energy and our efforts to cannot help but make itself real, whether intentionally or unintentionally, in our everyday lives. That can work in positive ways, though. I have a friend who is, seems time and again to be fascinated by my knowledge of church history and theology and Bible. He'll pick my brain about denominational politics and all kinds of church-related stuff and be surprised and impressed, not deservedly so, but impressed that I have all this in my head. And he always will eventually say something like, how how do you know all this? How is all this in there? I'm like, well, you know, I went to school for this and I spent the last 18 years immersed in this. This is what I think about. My church, I I forget that some people don't think about church all the time, but I do. And so I think about church things all the time, and that's just what's there. I mean, it is intentional, but because of the practice of my ministry, my head is full of these kind of things. 
I enjoy it. I love learning about it, and so I continue to learn about it. I immerse myself in it, and then it cannot help but shape me. It cannot help but affect the way I encounter life and the sort of things I'm able to talk about. And then I point out to him all the things that he knows a whole lot more about than I do. The things that shape him and are important to him, the thing that he's pas- things that he's passionate about that he can talk about for hours on end that I have no way of being able to talk about in the same way or the same, just don't have the same knowledge that he does. What we dedicate our mind to, what we dedicate our time and our effort toward cannot help but affect how we live. What we are passionate about, what we dedicate ourselves to, affects us. It can work in positive ways, but it can also work in negative ways. Billy Graham told a story of a a boy who grew up on a watermelon farm. And every day he'd look out toward the watermelon field, wanting a watermelon, particularly as the days grew hotter. And his father would say to him, don't go pick those watermelons. One, they're not ripe yet. You'll eat a green watermelon and it'll make you sick. And two, every watermelon you Eat is a watermelon I can't sell. So the little boy, of course, then all he's thinking about is watermelons. And after a few days, he decides in that whole field, I can find one that's right. So he walks out into the field and he looks and he looks and he finally finds one that's ripe. And he waits until his father is distracted and he picks that watermelon and he runs off to a pasture that's on the, the next to the watermelon field. He goes to the other side of it right along a fence row where he finds a rock can't see the house from there so he breaks the watermelon over the rock he eats the watermelon he has a great time he enjoys it he cleans himself up he makes sure there's not a trace of watermelon juice anywhere on him nowhere to be seen he hides the rind that's left over he goes about his business happy not in trouble some time passes and the boy and his father are walking along that fence row Some of you already see where this is going. Walks along that fence row, and when they get to that rock where he broke open the watermelon, he looks down, and what's growing there but a watermelon vine. Those seeds had gotten down into the soil and grown. And his father sees the watermelon vine, and, well, remember what I said, consequences, actions have consequences. We... Billy Graham doesn't tell us how the story ends, but he's left us to know that the boy's action had been detected. He literally sowed something and reaped the reward in a negative way for him. We don't always reap what we sow. We do good things and bad things still happen. We're frustrated when we see good things happen for people that we think don't deserve it. Nevertheless, we're reminded when we join God in doing the work that God has for us to do in the world, we become God's hands and God's feet, and the fullness of God is brought to bear in that moment. Participating in the work of God can bring peace in the experience of God's grace regardless of the immediate outcome. So as we encounter these words from Scripture, we can resolve ourselves to sow good out there in the world. That we can sow love and grace and mercy. That we can put out into the world things that reflect the goodness of God and we'll be able to participate in the powerful work that God is doing out in the world. This morning as we gather and celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion, 
I think it takes on a new meaning for us. Literally, on this table are the produce of what was sown and harvested. The bread, the grape juice, are the result of someone putting seed in soil, cultivating it to maturity, harvesting it, processing it, until it comes to be in the form that it is before us now. Think about the hands that touched this food and this juice before they got here. Think about all that went into making it what it is, where it is. And we're reminded that while these are simply a bread and, and juice, when we gather as the church and we ask God to bless them, they represent for us the very presence of Christ. That when we come and, and we receive this meal of grace and faith, when we come to the Lord's table, Jesus is spiritually here. And he gives us his grace. And it's a reminder that just as these, this bread and this wine has been sown and, and reaped and, and for our benefit, it reminds us that God gives us his grace. He imparts his grace and his presence to us. And we, in receiving that grace, can be empowered and equipped to go out into the world to do his work, to join him in what he's doing out there, to be God's hands and God's feet, that having been filled with his grace, we can in turn sow goodness and love and mercy. We can sow into the world the things of God so that God might reap our efforts, that God might bless those efforts and his work might continue. Will you pray with me? Oh, Lord. Empower and embolden us to do your work and be your people. May we sow your goodness into the world so that you might reap a harvest of grace and mercy. For we pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.